So, I am in the train. Welcome to the fifth episode of Juggle Jabber. I'm in the train with Matthew Tiffany, who's going to appear in camera right now. Juggle Jabber. Hi, Matthew. Welcome very much. Welcome very much. I'm so confused. This is already the second recording. We completely fucked up the first one. So, uh, cheers. Pretend it's all cheers. cheers. We're yeah. drinking. We are drinking water. Because? One of my favorite drinks. And one of mine too. So, I was super lucky that I didn't need to prepare so much stuff. Cheers, cheers. And um, could you be so kind to quickly tell where we're coming from right now? And we're coming from the uh, winter juggling event in Holland. And uh, I'm heading back home tomorrow. But tonight we get to stay in your lovely caravan. Yes. Which is very exciting. Yeah, so we're both exciting. a bit tired from the convention. We both performed and it's, uh, it's been good for me at least. I don't know how it was for you. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, enjoyed it lots. Uh, a nice audience, very kind audience, which is nice. Yeah, I even got to meet your biggest fan. Ah, lovely, yes. lovely. <laughs> yeah. You'll have to see that in person sometime. Um, so, yeah, I already asked it one time before, so it's funny in my mind now. You are known, uh, or you were known as this ball sides up monster beast, and now you transferred into some kind of more old school juggling tricks together with street performer style comedy on stage. And I wondered if you would be willing to share again how you got into this transition? How did this start to switch from one to the other? Um, when I was when I was 26, um, I was trying to flash 12 balls. Um, I probably caught 11 of 12, maybe 80 or 90 times. And uh, 80 or 90, like yeah, eight yeah, zero. yeah, eight zero, Jeez. yeah, and I was. I'd, 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 That's a hard way to flash know. 11 balls, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you can just, just hold the 11, yeah. And so I. Um, I was so frustrated that I kicked the squash court wall um, so hard I nearly broke my foot and I thought something had to change and so at the same time I was learning to improvise in music and, and so I'd switched and sort of uh, improvise now in music instead of sight swap and, um, and then I'm a classical juggler learning like classical tricks instead of classical yeah. music yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah and then improvising with sight swaps instead of with Oh yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, now sort of playing more jazz and trying to learn the sort of harmony of music. Um, yeah, I never understood music until I started doing juggling and sight swap. That's the okay. point at which I started to get better at music. Oh, we'll get to the relation between juggling and music later. That's somewhere on my list. Cool. Um, but first, uh, there's from breaking your foot nearly on a basketball wall. There's so many directions you can go. You can quit juggling do started playing Diablo, I don't know, how did, why, Not why did Diablo, why <laughs> yeah. did you do that? Go on, sorry. There's, there's, there's a way to move on, but then you chose particularly for this uh, combination trick, balancing, head bouncing kind of style. Yeah. How'd you end up there? What's, what's it worth compared to Diablo in this case then? Um, it's nice looking for something that other people don't do. Mm -hmm. um, but, but uh, it was the ball spin. I think that was the first one. My friend was learning a ball spin, mm -hmm. and uh, I wanted to also be able to do it. And um, at one of the BJCs, I saw Rio Yabe speaking of Diablo. Yeah, was about um, the And he was doing he was doing uh, the ring rolling tricks of uh, William Everhart. He juggles as well. Um, he was learning them alongside okay. the Diablo, and it sort of it was nice that he had a hobby within his job. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, uh, five years ago, moved over, started doing new things. Yeah. 
And since then, do you still practice aside for for fun, or you 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 completely only rehearse? Oh no, I, I still do. Uh, I still do side swaps. Um, I like combining them, um, trying to do a bit of old with a bit of new, mm -hmm. which I um, can't do yet. But I think that's on the way. Generally, in the scene, I think we'll have um, what do you call it? Like a revival of uh, old old tricks, and then I think the two will really nicely meld together. Hopefully, like you mean in the sense of balancing your Salerno ring, which is the ring with the ball spinning inside, balanced on your forehead. Combining those with the ball side, or is there other ways you can nice, integrate yeah. them together? That'd be nice. Maybe you could do seven four four, and only the sevens that go through mm -hmm. the ring. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I've been trying with um, with uh, Lewis Kennedy um, to do uh, sort of um, head bounce tricks with juggling. So maybe you could do six six three three, and the sixes would be two head bounce balls. And okay, ah, okay. So so you never even have them in your hands then. Um, yeah, they would. They'd go from your hand, the six, and then off here, and then back again. Okay. Um, yeah. So you get a lower six then. Yeah, that'd so be. You can have the yeah, six as yeah. a four height, and then bounce it off. So it yeah. takes more time. That's clever. Side swap is only a language. It is only a way of describing what is going on. Mm -hmm. and no matter what trick you. To... Yeah. No matter what trick you do, you can write that down in side swap and. It's very important that people remember it is a form of expressing it from one person to another, not a way of juggling. So would you then start with thinking of something to express and then later write it on a side swap? Uh, that's how I did it a lot, yeah. I know um, uh, Ben Beaver, he did it the other way around a lot, um, to begin with at least. I think, you know, he, was, he, was, he thought of the numbers and then he would learn it. Um, but I am not that clever, so I did it the other way around. I would jam and then find something that would repeat itself, and then eventually somebody else would tell me the site swap. <laughs> I have to interrupt yeah. for a second, because our tickets are being checked. Oh, really? So, if you Ooh. find yours... We have to show our passport as well, or ID. So, look, where were we? You were uh, talking site about... Swaps, yes. Language, it's only a form of expressing it to somebody else. Indeed, yeah. indeed. But would you then say you're like it's it's you said you can describe any trick by side swaps. Yeah. Would you think it makes sense to try and describe you do the brunt finish? Would it make sense to try and put this into <laughs> four minutes? Now we're getting now we're getting a side swap anyway, or are there exceptions? It's still a language that's developing. Mm -hmm. So the zero, for example, didn't enter maths as a concept for a very long time. And similarly, um, you know, uh, there will be progressions in the will be a concept for balance heads forward, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but it might not be necessary. What might be more important in situations like that is is the feel, because it's all well and good communicating numbers, but you need to feel what it feels like to do a trick to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, the Matrix. I know kung fu. Mm -hmm. You know, and he immediately can yeah, do. Yeah. It's because he can feel how it feels to do it. Um, I wonder if you can communicate this feeling in a way. Like, yeah, now that uh, would be a useful uh, one. The numbers yeah. work quite well, actually. I've gotten up to the point myself where I, when I hear a string of numbers that I haven't done before, I can make my hands yeah, move yeah. in a way that... <laughs> yeah. Even if you give me a string of numbers that don't make sense, yeah. I'll still try and execute it because I know what it should feel like, even though I don't know what it, don't know what it should look like. Yeah, that's how uh, Dan Wood does it a lot. Mm -hmm. Same like, and then just go. Yeah, yeah, and then do it first time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
And then in the old school, um, what inspiration did you have in this? How did you? Where, where, what's the sources of the tricks that you do? Because most of them have been done before, are in forums. Oh, the people who did it. Yeah, the people who did it. Um, um, I've never, I've never, I don't, don't, don't know any of them. Yeah, you haven't met any of them when you say that. No, I don't know any of them. No, I, and you call it the Francis Brown finish and you go on stage saying, ah, the finish of Francis Brown, look back in history. <laughs> yeah. That's not a really good start for a claim then that you haven't heard of them before. Um, I always try and source my material on stage. Mm -hmm. I think it's really important. If you're playing a piece by Beethoven, people know it's by Beethoven. Okay. Why should it be any different? Um, and the other advantage of sourcing your material is that people who want to learn that skill find it easier to learn That's that skill. Because they can go and find... Um, Dave Grohl, if you want to know about music, go and find out your favourite bands, favourite bands. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if you do that, you can then go find out their favorite. You bands, even source the quotes, you know? and eventually, eventually, yeah, eventually you get back to Bach, of course, because uh, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so yeah, I do the um, the ring rolling tricks of William Eberhardt that uh, Bob Bramson also did. Um, Salerno ring. Um, By Salerno. Yeah, Salerno. I can't remember his first name at all. Uh, uh, um, I. I do a few. Um, Something with this, I think. <laughs> Might have been also a I remember. Um, yeah, and then I do Francis Brun combination trick, um, most of it. Um, there is a video of all of it, but, yeah. uh, but I can't do it on stage yet, all of it. Um, the full combination, you mean? I've not done it on stage, no. Um, yeah, I think they're the main three. Oh, the rollerballer, balance and juggle, I think that's probably Alexander Kiss. Ah, um, I was going to assume that was original, but indeed, now you say it. Yeah. Um, again, I don't do it as well as he does. But oh, he has six yeah. clubs, right? So is it with uh, eight rings? Um, okay. Eight rings, yeah. And the roller bowler goes like that from yes. the floor. And oh, this is oh, amazing contraption. It's lovely. He made them all. He made everything. Yeah. Did he build those contraptions yeah, himself he really, as well? Yeah, um, he really liked tinkering. Um, a big source of this stuff that I learn about is uh, David Kane's articles that he mm -hmm. writes. Um, you've done some, he said. Yeah, but yeah. not about history. So yeah. David is a history guy. I just write about what I see. And where are they? They're on eJuggle. eJuggle, that is the website. Yeah, and he posts them on uh, various forums as well. And they're a great source of uh, a great source of tricks for you to plunder and then call your own. Yeah, it's just that every prop that is described in these old uh, school jugglers history, you have to build yourself. Yeah. 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 Were you always a builder? Because you have, you have a suitcase full of props with you, which are all unique. Uh, no, um, and I'm really bad at it, and so people have helped. Um, the Salerno ring was done by Jamie Fletcher. Um, the triple Salerno ring that I have, he made that as well, and um, the rings are from Luke Wilson. <laughs> So yeah, that's uh, the rings are from Luke Wilson. Uh, not that one. The the triple with the three balls. Okay. Yeah, the white one in the BJC show. Um, yes. Yeah, and uh, Luke Wilson's rings. And you nice. made them into a new trick. Okay, yeah. that's a nice. He did. He Jamie. Oh. Jamie made that. Oh, Jamie that. made yeah. from Luke he, Wilson's he rings. He made that. Yeah. So it's really um, a group effort in a sense. Yeah, he's much better at making than I am. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You can tell when I've made something because it looks like it's going to fall apart any second. Oh, all your props do, but it seems to be more of a style choice than that they do because they yeah. actually hold. I, I tried some. 
They hold well together. Yeah, yeah, they're okay. Yeah, yeah. and the vuvuzela, the balance, uh, the balance there, and the mouth one is uh, vuvuzela. Um, yeah, they're very, they have a very nice, useful. Nice conical shape that looks. Yeah, I walked, I walked past my friend's vuvuzela for the best part of a year in the house we used to live in before I went. Oh, it's the shape. <laughs> And then I was there, and it was all fine. Yeah, yeah I can I can so much imagine. Yeah, I, I played in a in a show where we had bubuzelas on the pretending to be horns, like they, they, part of the decoration of the stage. They 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 were a good shape for lots of different purposes. Mm. Yeah, they are a nice shape. Yeah, other things to break some off there, maybe build also head pedestals. Pedestals. Pedestals, yeah. We're beyond head pedestals now. Well, yes, we are. Do a proper balance, ladies and gentlemen. Why? A proper balance. Why? Because <laughs> I think that... Uh, um, so if a slicing performance, which is art, and then mm -hmm. practice, which is perhaps more sporty, if you're trying to push something, mm -hmm. um, performance, use the pedestal. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you're going to practice it, then... You know, technically, I think you should go for a standard. I think it's nice to have a standard. In most sports, they have a standard. Standard weights for javelins, standard engine size for Formula One. And, uh, and so the club knob, I think, is a very good standard for a balance. Um, and I wanted to do that because I didn't want anybody to say that's not a proper balance. Um, yeah, which they wouldn't have done a hundred years yeah, ago, okay. but now they will. So then you get really into a sporty way of, of how do you deal with juggling. So you, if everybody's doing the same way, then you can't cheat, in a sense. Yeah, I mean, that's the sporty way is where I came from. That's where I started with juggling. And, but then as a uh, performer, you need to get this variety to stand out and to make it also easy for yourself to do the one thing, which might be the balance, so you can concentrate on the other thing, which might be... Of, uh, being there for your audience, that, in your shows the you also do the, the real the deal. The shows yeah. you make it still as hard as possible, but yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, sort of. Um, I just got used to the balance, so I'm okay with it. Um, it doesn't feel that much worse. Um, yeah, um, it, your performances are about sort of self-expression. I wouldn't even say it's for the benefit of the audience. You know, um, a lot of it is self-expression, and so. Um, making the aesthetic, the look of it, right is more important than doing the trick correctly, you know. Um, yeah. It used to be a very big debate of is it a sport or is it an art? Yeah, yeah it's, it's coming it's both. Time. It's it's both. For sure, for sure. Yeah. As approaches, I think it's even more, it's not, it's not even binary, it's, uh, yeah. there's more there, you can take it, it's a, it's a way of life, it's something to enjoy. It's, excuse, excuse me a second. Take your shoes. Chocolate? No, thanks. Okay. I'm good. Right. I'm good. Sorry, carry on. carry on. So, on your website, it says you're even professionally trained as a classical violinist. Yeah. I knew you played some music, not up to this level. But what is the overlap between juggling and music? And how do you combine the two? I've seen you do. Um, I'm going to hopefully write a workshop on this soon. Mm -hmm. I think it's... Um, you can yeah. do the digital version already here. Yeah. Improve, uh, improving your musicality, I think, improves a lot of things in life. Um, so rhythm is obvious, obvious. Mm -hmm. um, pitch, high and low, is high and low. Um, and I think one of the things that a lot of jugglers forget is attack. So how hard it hits your hands. Wait a second. You might just say that one again. 
So attack how hard it hits your hand. Mm -hmm. um, that's something you may want for expression um, mm -hmm. in a performance. But if you're trying to do the hardest trick in the world, you don't want a very high throw slapping in your hand. You don't want that attack. And so you could look at the different parts of music and sort of bring it over and go, oh, actually, no, I don't want that. Um, yeah. Um, tone, how it's played. Um, and that one could be very useful. Maybe if you're hiding a trick from somebody, that's a different type okay. of tone. Um, yeah. So there's lots of uh, ways to overlap. So all these tr translations of concepts in a way. That one, yeah, yeah. And then, um, I mean, a, a very silly band called the Two Man, One Man Band. Um, mm -hmm. And that one, we try and sort of join things much, much more. Um, rest early clowns as well, you know. When it I, is, oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. yeah. It has uh, very little to do with the juggler of yeah. Rastelli, but much, much more of a combination. <laughs> There's other people coming in the train. Yeah. Uh, the Rastelli clowns, they do a very musical clowning routine and they have a lot of prop gags with the... Yeah, and of course flying Karamazovs as well. They do uh, mm -hmm. the, the club hitting. So they do, they have the very uh, yeah, special the, the, types mm -hmm. of yes. clubs, yeah, yeah. and they, yeah. Um, they've got a lovely notation for it as well too. If, okay. you're, if you're throwing a double, the, mu the music so. note has two sticks. Okay. And blob and so then two they, sticks. They write it in the music score. Yeah, You've yeah, seen some of yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know um, some of them, or you had um, to I, uh, I'd love to see that. I did, I mean. I did a very, very scary audition for them in London and uh, didn't get the part. So I, put, I met uh, Paul Majid, um, which was really nice. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, cool guy. How long is this ago? Did they still perform? I... Wow. Three or four years now. Since they are so much based in the US, I know so little of what they do, actually. It would be yeah, cool there's not here. enough online either. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah, I watch old cool. shows with... Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's good. Um, the multitasking in music comes across nicely as well. If you're playing in a big ensemble, you know, a big group, then then you're very, very responsible for constantly listening out for what everybody else does. Mm -hmm. um, it's not your job to dominate. You know, you're a team. It's like you're all on the same team when you're playing music. And, uh, and so it gives you more of an appreciation of what everyone else is doing around you. And yeah, um, that's very, very important for performing because you're listening constantly to feedback from the audience, trying to, trying to work out what they like, what they don't like. Um, yeah, not that that's how you should do your performances maybe anymore, but... <laughs> yeah, well, but I mean, being aware on stage is, I guess it's being aware of your audience, similar to being aware of your group. Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, you're almost trying to, you're almost the conductor, and you're trying to play them. You know, you're trying to get them to laugh at the right time, or mm -hmm. to be sad at the right time. And yeah, I think that's it. Uh, yeah, and there's a guy called Mark Applebaum who um, is a classical composer, um, and uh, he's written a piece for three conductors and no players. So it's. <laughs> Three people stood on a stage, sort of waving around, etc. Is it in a visual art form, or how did he intend this? And when he realized that composing doesn't just have to be about sound, then he uh, could fuse different things together. So essentially, it's a dance piece, is that one, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, with well, the guise of music, and it's, uh, it's nice. Um, so you can draw from everywhere. It's, 
Yeah, not just music, everywhere. I'll have to look this up. This sounds very interesting. Uh, the Mad Scientist of Music TED Talk, and it's called Mark Applebaum. Yeah, um, it's really cool. Really cool. He's also done a concerto for orchestra and flower arranger, a florist. Yeah, it's wicked. <laughs> I can imagine so. Hmm. Um, and then the, it's, it's the one-man band who, the, who mentioned the multitasking. It's a one-man band similar to a run finish style trick where there's so much going on at once? Or? I think when you do some like either of those things, um, it's there's dominant and recessive skills. So, um, for example, um, I can forget about the ring spin on my legs. Yeah. Um, I can never, ever, ever look away from that balance and I have to think about balancing on one leg. So you have dominant skills and then there's ones you can forget. And multitasking does not exist. Um, we're just about at quantum computers, but that will be the first example of multitasking that I know of. That's genuinely two things at once. Um, multitasking is for computers at the moment, flipping from thing to thing to thing much quicker than we can. And for us, I think it's finding a way to relate all the skills to each other. So um, balance and juggle. Balance and juggle is really about the distance between one to the other. And you maintain the distance like that. Mm -hmm. um, and then it becomes one thing in your head, not two. Yeah. And this also applies to the band then? Because then, ah, right, yeah. It's a one man band. Um, so, with like, um, I don't one man band very much, but it's like the same with the ah, two man okay. one, you know, it's, it's basically the same thing. And so, it's sort of like that. Um, but when a new thing happens, which you don't get so much in multitasking juggling tricks, say you've got to change chord, say you've got to start singing a new verse, mm -hmm. and the recessive skills just stop. Like, like, for example, when you're trying your balance and you juggle, you throw your first ball and it falls to yes, the floor indeed. faster than gravity it's, will it's, allow. It's like, you know, flat. bam! It's so you weird know. how you do these two basic things and there's no way to combine them in the very beginning. Yeah, starting out. yeah. Um, yeah, it, yeah, and so that's a very funny thing to try and get over. Your brain just sort of like crashes, you know, it freezes um, if you're not careful. Um, my friend who I'm in this silly band with, he can... Who is this? Um, he's a guy called Lawrence Marshall. Um, and he, um, because he's a drummer to start with, um, he can keep these recessive skills going no matter what. You know, they override everything. It's like he's not even thinking about it anymore. Much better than I can. Um, and it means that it can fail somewhere and everything else will keep going. And I can't do that in music as well. Um, as he can. Yeah, I guess being a drummer helps. This is yeah, this yeah. That's the right kind of skill. But I'll, I'll, I'll look. I'm looking forward to ask a juggler, uh, a drummer, if he can keep the ring spinning on his leg in the same way and combine the mindset. Should, uh, try Toby Walker. Toby Walker, Anthony Gatto. Uh, Did he drums? I heard so. Really cool. Yes. Didn't know that one. Um, who was the Thomas Dürfer teacher in Berlin? Oh, yeah, there's quite a few. Yeah. So I'll have, I'll have some chance later. Mm, yeah. Hey, up. Six okay. minutes. We have six minutes to be at the station, so we'll close the camera off here and see okay, you in the great. next train or maybe in my van. We'll see. Mm, lovely. Did, did you lose your water? or? Uh, no, you lost yours. 
Good. Uh, it's in there. I'm a, sure. a, a, I'm sec- right. a second train for a second part of the interview. Yeah. And um, while we were switching trains, you mentioned there's an interesting story about why you started juggling in the first place, which I haven't heard yet, so um, here we go. I'm not sure it's interesting, but I just wanted to mention <laughs> my friend, uh, my friend, Paul Taylor. He, uh, he, uh, he made me juggle. Uh, at 17, I changed schools, and, uh, and he, I taught him how to juggle. And then in, he taught me how to learn and that was good because I wasn't very good at that. I just used to get frustrated and exactly stop. This part is, I think, the most valuable thing of being a juggler and discovering that you can progress if you know how to structure things and how to break them down. And like yeah. this is the yeah learning how to learn. Yeah, and he was the one who found the community and uh, site swap and blah 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 blah. And uh, and then off we went. Um, I, he started getting better than me, and I wasn't was not having that. And so we went on this epic and wonderful race until he broke his wrist from falling off a rock this high onto soft sand on a beach. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, we're still very good friends. He's always around at BJCs and stuff. Still. And, yeah, I'm very, very grateful to that friend and then Team Shreddies. They were the next lot I went through. Um, and Lewis was the next one. And then, uh, you know, I'm on my fourth generation of... Uh, young jugglers now um, to keep me interested, mm-hmm. basically, along with the community. Yeah, I guess you have um, some from the older generation still there. Well, they're all lazy, aren't they? Just lazy. And they get proper jobs and wives and stuff. And, you know, you well, don't want to do things yeah, like no, that if I'm, you want I'm, to be good at something. I'm very happy to still be a younger juggler or yeah. 24. I mean, there's no way I can compete with any young type of juggler. Yeah, interesting how's, discussion. How does it feel to like, see people break your records and do your tricks but better and I'm okay with it now I am okay with it um, I uh, I uh, sort of uh, we had a discussion about uh, inventing things because obviously with mm-hmm. history uh, I can go oh, no I'm sorry that's 400 years old you know yeah. <laughs> well no no plug in baby by muse that's really to Carter and Pube by Bach you know and just like you know um, yeah and uh, yeah I, I, I'd like some of uh, the things that I invented, found, discovered to be uh, more credited to me. Oh, um, yeah, the way that you credit others, you want them to credit yeah, you too. But that's never going to happen because other people did it better than me. Oh, you've got to name your own tricks after your own name. Like the oh, how horribly, horribly egotistical. Why would anybody ever name a trick after themselves? To be sure that everybody else credits them unintentionally. <laughs> And then the other thing you mentioned while we were at the station was the division uh, between the amateur world and the professional world within juggling. Yeah. Which there obviously is. I'm, I'm going to go for myself as well. I'm going to go for hobby rather than amateur. But Fair uh, point. Fair point. But yeah, um, I think there's a lot of people within the community um, that uh, if they choose to go professional will struggle as, it's, mm-hmm. as it continues to separate further and further. Um, as we strive for either creative excellence, like self-expression, um, or um, higher and higher technique, you start to lose what it is to be a performer because you spend your time thinking about not the performing bit. Yeah, well, I, um, most people I've known never start to think of it in the first place. They never consider it yeah. until well, after 10 years of juggling, they realize it's a skill that they need to 
be able to package. Yeah. You know, you have to be able to package mm -hmm. it, um, and it'd be nice if um, if it was sort of more performance related in a way. Mm -hmm. But the hobbyist scene in juggling is the best thing that ever happened to it. <laughs> yes. um, the reason is is because then people were not doing it to earn money, which means that they could do it for self-expression and at the point it becomes self-expression rather than just a job it goes from being a trade to an art Bach was in a trade you know Beethoven was maybe one of the first people who was in an art form rather than a trade and Bach, I guess you were just saying you know and like Brun it tried to they, they all tried to jam in as much of their art as they could mm -hmm. but at the end of the day they had yeah, to please the audience, indeed. and we don't. We hobbyists don't have to please the audience do you, anymore. Do you consider yourself a hobbyist then? Um, it's very difficult if you turn professional to then have to keep it as a hobby. You know, you start mm -hmm. to like not like the thing that you really liked. Yeah. And so, um, if you have a new like Rio Yabe with the ring rolls, he's mm -hmm. probably never going to do that professionally. That's for him. You know, and anybody who's going professional, I think it's really nice to have that thing. Yeah. The Diablo you know. player who does juggling for a hobby just for Yeah, fun. yeah, I'm not doing this on stage. Mm -hmm. This is for me, this bit, you know. I mean, it's really good. Um, I'm just starting to do that again with music. Um, written some very silly songs. Just for yourself? And just for myself, yeah, yeah. I did it when I was meant to be at Glastonbury last year. <laughs> they never sent me the ticket. <laughs> oh. Hopefully I'm going this year. Yeah, yeah. But it remains this fake thing, like even if you consider yourself a hobby juggler but you perform for other people, you might want them to enjoy it, even if it's a personal thing. Yeah. So there's this fake, like how far do you go in, in how do you giving in? Giving in to um, I other sometimes I sometimes commercial call it, or not? I call it selling your soul. Mm -hmm. Well that's the extreme variant where you yeah. go completely off your interest. Yeah, yeah. Um I think uh, I think it's really difficult because, um, like, when I was at music college, I, my composition tutor once said, "Oh, I wrote that bit because I thought the audience would enjoy a nice melody in this horrible noise you've asked me to write." And he said, "No, no, you are the one going through the practice, the writing. It's your thing, and they don't get a say in it." Um, and uh, that was really interesting, but very and correct when writing for yourself you know but if you are writing for other people you can't do that it has to be has to be for their enjoyment as well because mm -hmm. otherwise it's not an entertainment anymore um, which is where you might make most of your money yeah and you get an infinite overlap like I, I it's my hobby to entertain other people so it's my hobby to make something that fits for other people then how do I still understand which part I do for out of my own interest and which are this yeah yeah. A mess up. But if you enjoy entertaining other people, mm -hmm. then you know, then it's for you as well. You know, yeah, it, it definitely is. makes. It, 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 uh, I don't doubt my performance in that sense. But yeah, just uh, there's no clear division between this uh, where where my interest in it ends and where it yeah. starts to yeah. be my interest because it's other people's interest. I think we're, um, a lot of people. Like we all like to impress people. We all like people to applaud us for our, our actions, right? Um, there's a Brun uh, interview, and one of the things he says in it is, um, oh, I wish they wouldn't clap part way through. I wish they'd just wait till the end and just do one clap at the end. Um, yeah, I thought that was very interesting. 
I think I would, me, I would feel very, very lonely um, like that. But in music, it's like, shut up. <laughs> Let me play my music and then you clap, <laughs> you know. Um, and I feel different about it in music too. Yeah, because clapping is sound. So. Yeah, he must have been inspired also by the dancers that he, he studied to copy and yeah. where in dance is also very, it's, it's not it's not trick based. It's harder to do when you're doing a trick and he has these poses where it's clearly a signal that people are triggered to, oh, we know that when there's a pose, you go clapping. It mm. yeah. must have been a challenge. Yeah. Speaking of the posing, you really nicely copied the brunt poses in your in your show, like all the time you hold you realize you do it? I have a few. I do a few deliberately. Um, I, I hope I chose the ones and I don't copy the rest of it. Um, mm -hmm. But there are a few. Um, I like slapstick. I like um, clowning as well. And so the juxtaposition between um, between awesome skill and um, very strict sort of finishes and such uh, juxtaposed with silliness and breaking and everything sort of being on the edge of failure I think it's very exciting and I think it makes both of them shine more you know you do silly 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 wham and people really respond to that it's like, oh yes it's Dennis the ball spinner what is the ball spinner? Uh, Dennis the ball oh, spinner Dennis, it's a name. with the umbrellas and the ball spinning ah, and for a minute yeah. he's sort of a bit clowny and a bit uh -huh. and then he just goes whoosh, doom, doom, four, four ball stack yeah, four ball stack I didn't know it was Dennis yeah. but then immediately it's know what you're talking like, about oh. yeah and then you've got them on all fronts the audience you know you, you've got everything mm -hmm. yeah um, I used to do uh, a lot of workshops for um, Jill uh, no no I don't know him um, yeah, I used to do workshops for children who had been excluded from lots and lots of schools mm -hmm. and you had to, if you if you were tried to be clowny and funny with them, they wouldn't respond to that. You had to show them um, that you could really do it and that you were really passionate about it and then they were like, yeah, well I've got one of them as well, I like computer games, you know, I like building these, so like, you know. And then you have them and then you can start to worm in the bits that they perhaps don't like. Um, in a similar way, maybe when you are performing for the public or jugglers, you can't make something so abstract that the audience has nothing to latch onto because then they're never going to get it. There has to be a little bit that they can have, you know, and then you could go into that world and then you can become ever more abstract. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to do a one-hour show and end with the part where you show what it's like for you. But of course, you need to start at the point where your audience is at, which is they have some expectations that you need to match your show, explain that you're going to break them. Or yeah, but I think you do really nicely in your show. Like you, you pose as a as a as a juggling. You show juggling tricks, so it's, it's it remains even though it's close to what you like right now. It's 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 also very clear for audiences what to. There's a, a country mile between how I perform now and how I did ten, uh, ten years ago. Um, I used to stand there and go Ooh, like that, yeah. and that's how I, I did it. I didn't see you perform, but uh, before, but I suppose there was sidefalls, sidestops on music. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a variety of terrible performances available online for your viewing pleasure. Um, and then the one that, I'll link in the description. Yeah, the one that really cheers. <laughs> I'll give you another black eye. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know if you can see, but this is Tiffany. 
Sorry, sorry. I, I do apologise again. I'm really sorry. It's, it's alright, it's alright. Yeah, I do get excited about the game Tiddlywinks. And when I lose, I'm really sorry. I just can't Tiddlywinks, go. I completely forgot yeah. about the name of the game we were playing that I, that, that I made yeah. you lose on. But I'm, I'm a master Tiddlywinks. You are very good. You are very good. It's, it's when you manage to catch one of them in between your buttocks. That was that was the one. I just I couldn't cope with that. I really couldn't anymore. Yeah. <laughs> we're not only approaching the end of our train ride, but we're also approaching the end of the interview. And there's uh, two more things left for you. The most important one is no wait. The most important we got to the other one is if people want to find out about you, where should they look? Is there a place on the internet that they, if you have all your stuff together? And where um, should they? If there's a YouTube channel I can link to, but. What do you prefer? I'm terrible at advertising myself. I don't do it nearly enough. Um, you get a shot I'd, like, I'd like very much to start coming to different conventions that aren't in the UK. Uh, MatthewTiffany.co.uk um, or JuggleTiff125 on YouTube. If you put Matthew Tiffany and juggling into Google, I come up very quickly as well nowadays. But yeah, anybody, anybody fancying a very silly but very passionate uh, person to come and do some tricks that you're not going to see anywhere else pretty much at the moment um yeah get in touch i'd love to come over and thank I, you yeah. thank you very much for inviting me i was going to say i can well. vouch for for matthew he was at, at the at the show at the ww and you totally nailed it. everybody loved it Every, i've been getting so much compliments for inviting you over so it worked out super so if you run a convention or a show get it on like <laughs> oh <laughs> Yeah, oh, it um, does feel horrible to do. Is there something you want to add that you think people should know, that people should learn from this talk? Something we didn't mention, but you'd love to. Um, I say it in my show sometimes as well. Um, how do you know if you're being original, if you don't know what everybody else did? Go find out about the history of the thing that you love. Um, it's really, really important, and not nearly enough jugglers do it. Um, if we did it, maybe maybe we would realise certain things um, about how the scene is today, how it's changing today. Maybe we would realise how inconsistent lots of jugglers are nowadays, and that maybe maybe it's not the best way. Um, I wish that I had gone for consistency over the achievement of whatever I was trying. I wish I'd have looked after my body better as well. I'm 31 and uh, I've had a, a back problem now for a year um, that continues to get me but I think it's under control. Um, I see a lot, a lot of jugglers who are wrecking their bodies for the sake of the trick and it ain't going to do you any favours in 10 years because I was that 10 years ago and uh, I definitely regret bad posture now. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. There's some wise advice to stick to. I can also recommend. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, if you don't go to circus school, you don't learn it. Yeah, you, you don't learn you it. You don't have a proper teacher. Oh, you can also watch the Juggle Jabber interviews and then you get some, like, oh, like yes. the one from Gregor. Yeah. This is uh, yeah. supplementary to circus school or uh, instead of circus school, both works. But uh, there'll be a way in the future. This kind of knowledge needs to get out there and yeah. share and study um, more and... It doesn't matter how much knowledge gets out there, it's if you apply it or not, you know. You need a teacher to just 
you know, every sorry, this is sorry, true, this is true. We've, we've done the fighting already. <laughs> no, but um, you're right. Like, yeah. without, without a teacher to watch yeah. you, it's gonna be harder. Um, I know from my own experience. Yeah, uh, you can, the other way is to video yourself. You know, video. Um, I was always recommended music-wise to record my practices, mm -hmm. and that's a good idea because if you review it, you'll go, "Oh my gosh, what the hell do I look like on that one?" You know. Mm -hmm. Play it next to Ghetto, play it next to Ignatov, you know, and you'll go, whoa, why, why am I doing this? You know. Yeah. Now, I wanted to ask you to do a trick to finish off, but we're in a train. Hey, do you think there's something we can do from here? We can also cut and go into it later. I do see there's some juggling clubs and there is some space. There is some space. You're up to... Uh, I will sort it out and get back to you in a minute, eh? That's fair. <laughs> Helps if the train moves. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is the trick known as dickhead. Because whether I succeed or fail, I will look like a dickhead. Here we go. Thank you very much, Matthew. This Cheers. concludes our interview. I'll put the camera down and shake your hand. Cool. And then, yeah. Thank Cheers. you very much. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's it was a, pleasure a lovely weekend. We'll have a fun yeah. evening, I suppose. Thank you for watching and listening to this episode of Juggle Jabber. If you enjoyed my conversation with Matthew, please share it with your friends. This juggling knowledge is only valuable when it's actually being found. If you want to support me, you can leave a comment somewhere with feedback or compliments, or this just means the world to me if I hear from listeners and watchers. And also you can like this on YouTube and Facebook and leave a review on iTunes or all over the place right now. This program is being sponsored by the IJA. Thank you very much for the collaboration and cooperation. Speaking of sponsors, um, very soon I'm going to go to Berlin to interview a couple jugglers. And this is a big investment of my time, energy and also money. So if somebody would possibly be interested to help me out there a little bit, uh, please do get in touch. Uh, my email address is on the bottom of the description. And for the rest of us, I'll see you next time very soon. Bye bye.